Hello and welcome to another episode of When the Bible Wasn't There. I'm Josh. My name is Marco and today we're continuing our conversation on the story of Moses and how his story applies to us. So Marco, last time we were in the story of Moses, we left him on Mount Sinai. Yeah. We left him in the presence of God with the burning bush. Yeah. And he's in this profound moment. Yeah. And at first, you know, it seems like Moses is genuinely humble. He has yeah. he has questions, but it kind of evolves into doubt. Yeah, even to the point where God says uh, he was angry. Yeah, yeah. it says he's the like, Lord's anger rose up. Like, dude, him. I just gave you all these signs. You I know? promised you yeah. I'd be with you. Yeah. And he gives him very two powerful signs that I think it's important that we bring up. Yeah. So I think the first one is he. It's the staff, and the, his hand that turns into leprosy. Yeah. So the first thing that God asks him is, you know, what do you have in your hand? So he mm. says, I have a staff. So he tells him to go ahead and throw this uh, staff to the ground. And all of a sudden, it becomes, turns into a snake. And imagine Moses at this point, you know, he's been in the desert. He knows what snakes are capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And it turns into a snake. And then God asks him to do something very unusual. And he pick, asks him. Pick it up by the tail. By the tail. By the tail. Yeah. Anyone who's ever dealt with snakes. And yeah. probably even Moses, like you mentioned, being yeah. in the desert. He knows it. He knows where do you pick the snake up from? Yeah. From the head. Right right by the neck almost. Right like, by the neck. Like just right there because if they turn, it's going to bite you. So you have yeah. to get it right there. But yet, he obeys. He obeys. And if we, we make a contrast, we go back to, to Genesis. Hmm. When God gave the curse to the snake, or Satan, right, mm -hmm. who used the snake as a medium, he said, I will bruise it by where? On the he will bruise my heel, I will bruise his head. Bruise his head. But now he's asking him to go ahead and get it by the tail. So we see that Jesus was the one that was going to get him from the from mm -hmm. the head where he would have total control of the snake. And then he's just asking Moses, okay, grab it by the tail. Yeah. I give you the power. It will not bite you. I'll give you the power. And then the next one, we go to the to the leprosy. He asks him to put his hand in, in his, his coat. coat. Yeah. And when he takes it off, all of a sudden it's full of leprosy. Now he asks him, okay, put it back in. And then he takes it back out, and then his hand is completely healed. So leprosy, when we look at the New Testament, is a sign of the effects of sin. Yeah. You cannot change somebody that has leprosy. No, it's uncurable. It was incurable. When you had leprosy in biblical times, you were banned from society. Mm -hmm. There was no way because it was highly contagious. And it's even like sin eats away at your insides. Yes. It destroys anything good in you, right? Yeah. And it's interesting because leprosy does the same thing to the flesh. So it's a very yeah. good contrast to draw. It literally yeah. eats away at the good parts of your flesh until yeah. you're just rotten. Rotten. So God is give, telling Moses, I am giving you power over the originator of sin and over the cause of sin. And these were the two powerful signs that he had to show Pharaoh. Yeah. And, it, and then mm -hmm. he has these two signs. And he goes and, you know, the first person he encounters, because the Lord tells him to go and meet Moses, yeah. is Aaron. Now, this is a reunion of siblings, and you have siblings, I have siblings, and the most I've ever really gone without seeing any of my siblings is maybe like a month, two months, mm -hmm. three months, and even in that short amount of time, you know, it's, it's, nice, you know, to it's see them. nice to see them, it's a yeah. little emotional. I can't imagine 40 years without seeing my brother. I have to say, it's more than 40 years. Actually, you're right, it's 40 years, yeah. because at this time he was 80. Mm -hmm. By the time he left Egypt, it was 40, so it's around 40 years, it's almost half your lifetime. Half your lifetime. And not only is this an emotional reunion because of that, but he's like, look, God told me to come to you. And Moses mm -hmm. is like, yeah, God told me to come to you. So they have so this So they're this briefing bond. each other. Yeah, they have this bond over mm -hmm. being brothers and now being called in this calling together mm -hmm. to go and free their people. 
So what happens next with them? Where do they go from here? So from here, they, they brief each other on what God has told them. So they now go to the elders, to the mm -hmm. spiritual leaders of Israel. And they go to them and say, you know, this is what God has asked us to do. So at first the leaders are like, it's wonderful. We want to come out of this bondage. Yeah. So they said, okay, fine. So they go and they go to Pharaoh and they do exactly what God told them to do. Mm -hmm. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. But it took, takes a very ugly turn after that. It does. You know, Pharaoh doesn't believe them. He's like, who is this God that I should free my slaves to do all the hard work around here? Yeah. Because he says so. I have my gods. He makes their work harder. And mm -hmm. it kind of dampens the spirits of Moses, of Aaron, of the elders, of the people. And it just kind of puts this wrench in everything. And then now the people, they don't even want to really leave Egypt, some of them. Yeah. I think we could say that you can see the Christian person, flawed Christian personalities on both sides. You know, in, the, in Pharaoh, we can see a stubborn Christian who hears the will of God and doesn't want to do it. Because you're right. Because Pharaoh is acquainted with who God is. He knows. He knows who he is. He knows who Joseph was. He knows what Joseph's God did for Egypt. He knows the God of the Israelites and their backstory. He has yeah. to. And he knows that this was even Moses' God. That Moses refused to bow down mm -hmm. to the idols of Egypt mm -hmm. for this God. So it's not like he do, he's not acquainted with. So he knows because, for example, mm -hmm. you said Joseph. He saved his whole nation from yep. famine. So he's familiar yeah. with it. And then the mm -hmm. people, on the other hand, I would compare them to what we read in Re Revelation of Laodicea. Mm -hmm. They're comfortable where they are. Absolutely. They're happy being in Egypt, listening to the Egyptian music. You know, they didn't have movies then, but watching right. the Egyptian plays, right. partaking in the Egyptian food, wearing yeah. the Egyptian dress, marrying with the Egyptians. Yeah. And I think uh, if we go a little behind to get a little bit of context, we see that the first one to compromise was Joseph. He was. God had used Joseph mm -hmm. extensively, but it comes to a point where he's now he has a high position. And now he needs to make a, comp a couple of compromises because it's political. Everything's mm -hmm. political. He has to marry, he has to marry somebody it. in the Egyptian family. Exactly. And, and royal just, family. Not just anyone. She was the daughter of one of the high priests. I, that's like someone who's a Christian marrying someone who's a complete atheist or even worse, yeah. I would say. And you even see it with his children, what happens to them later on. These effects last a while. Yeah. So we see that, that the people of God begin to intermarry. Mm -hmm. But there's still a group that don't intermarry. Mm -hmm. They're still worshiping God, but they're yet very comfortable. They say, well, why yeah. can't we just worship God here? Yeah. And, yeah. and it says, and Moses in Exodus 6 verse 9, I want to point this out. It says, and Moses spoke so unto the children mm -hmm. of Israel, but they hearkened not unto the voice mm -hmm. unto Moses, for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. And the Lord spoke unto Moses saying, go and speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that he would let the children of Israel go out of his land. And Moses spoke before the Lord saying, behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. They're not listening to me. Yeah. How then shall Pharaoh hear me who has uncircumcised lips? So like, he's not even a believer, Lord. Right. And your, your children won't even hear me. And yeah. now you want me to go preach to him? So this is a discouragement to even the leaders. And I think it's very significant because you brought out that there's two types of people. Mm -hmm. There's Pharaoh who knows who God is. But he's not personally acquainted. He's not personally acquainted. And then you have those that are the children of God. Who should have that relationship. They're declared children of God, right? Yeah. Big difference. The one that has never accepted and you have one that it's totally declared children of God. And yet they're very comfortable. They're very comfortable. They have food. Mm -hmm. They're enslaved. Now this is a big point because they're enslaved in sin. But they're comfortable. They're, they're comfortable just surviving. And God is asking them, I want you to come out. I want to take you to freedom. But they perceive something else as freedom. They perceive 
the very basic human needs met, although they were enslaved, they perceive that as that's just fine. That's just fine. That works yeah. for me. And I think we, we do that with our personal sins. The Lord mm -hmm. says, I want you to free, I want to free you of, you know, drinking, of using drugs, of watching inappropriate things, of even just watching regular movies or listening to music that isn't good for you. I want to free you of that. But we say freedom is being able to do that. Exactly. So I we have, redefine it. Uh, we redefine freedom as freedom is my right to be in rebellion. Freedom is being rebellious. And the Lord says, no, freedom is letting me take you under my wing and keeping you safe and guide you and guide you because then you're free of the burden that that puts on you. Because yeah. it, I, I used to drink and smoke mm -hmm. and I can tell you from personal experience. I mean, you know, you're always trying to get that first high. Mm -hmm. There's a phrase for it, it's chasing the dragon. You're always mm -hmm. trying to chase that first high that you got. And the same thing with sin, you know, you do the sin once and you feel good. And I mentioned this before on a few other things we filmed. You do, you do the sin once and you feel really good and you're happy and then you feel bad because you did it. And now you're depressed and now you feel worse. So you do it again, but now you need to do it to a greater extent. And so now you get trapped in the cycle. And yeah. The children of Israel are kind of trapped in this cycle, almost admiring their captor. But he, here's the thing: after after they go to after they go to the people and they see that they really don't want to leave, mm -hmm. he still obeys God and he goes and he talks goes, to Pharaoh. Yeah, yeah. But it's very interesting because in, in Exodus chapter five, in verses six through fourteen, it says that as soon as they go to Pharaoh and everybody makes an effort to be free from there, Pharaoh redoubles the work. It says here uh, in verse 6, And Pharaoh commanded the same day the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, Ye shall no more give the people straw to make bricks, as heretofore let them go and gather straw for themselves. And the tail of the bricks, or the amount of the bricks, which they did make heretofore, he shall lay upon them. Ye shall not diminish the amount of the bricks. So what happens? They want to get free. They want to be free. They're like, okay, fine. We're leaving. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be, we, we won't be enslaved anymore. Yeah. We're leaving. But here's a very important principle. Mm -hmm. When you want to come out of the sin that is enslaving you and you decide, okay, fine, I'm going to leave this. Satan's going to try and grab onto you. He's going to grab you and double it. Yeah. And then, like you were saying, what happens now, when he redoubles, you're still looking for that high that you mm -hmm. experience. But according to the principle that we see here in the Bible, you can never find that. No. You can't. You can't get it. It's only going to leave you yeah. feeling worse and worse. It yeah. gives you that, that moment of, of, you know, what we think is joy. Mm -hmm. And then it just throws you right back onto the ground. Yeah. And I think we all have, the, all have this experience mm -hmm. from two points. Yeah. Because afterwards, after they have tried to accomplish their mm -hmm. enslavement duties, they come back and say, we can't do this. We can't do this. They're looking for that high again. And then when they come back to Pharaoh, Pharaoh tells them, you guys are idle. Yeah. You're worthless. And it's, and you know, some, yeah. uh, one Bible commentary says it's mm -hmm. because they start to keep the Sabbath. They decide <clears throat> we're going to keep the Sabbath. And Pharaoh yeah. says, you're not working yeah. on one day of the week. You're lazy, you're idle. Mm -hmm. what, what, that's, that's not right. You need to get back to work. Mm -hmm. But they're trying to honor God. And yet Satan is throwing more and more at them. And I've experienced that in my own life. I mean, like I was saying, I used mm -hmm. to live in a house where, you know, we would drink, we would party. Mm -hmm. And when I had this experience where I decided I needed to give my life to the Lord anew and come back to Him after being mm -hmm. two years away from Him, two years in, in bondage to sin, mm -hmm. um, I was like, okay, I can, I can live here and mm -hmm. I can do this. I can live where I am right. and serve the Lord, just like the Hebrews. So compromise. Compromise. Yeah. But then it just things started to pile up there and I could see, I could see Satan trying to drag me back in. Yeah. I could see it visibly and, and it was obvious. Mm. And then one of my roommates comes to me and says, Josh, you know, so-and-so's brother wants to move in and you're mm. not on the lease. 
Mm-hmm. We need you to move out. So the Lord was saying, I'm delivering you from this place. Get out. Get out. And yeah. I was saying, but I can do, I can, I can be with you here. <laughs> I can serve you here. So I think that we, we laugh at the mm-hmm. Hebrews. We, we, sometimes we say, how could they be so foolish? They mm-hmm. had so many signs from God. Yeah. We have so many signs from God all yeah. the time. Everybody. Everybody Even knows. Pharaoh had the signs. And we're about to get into that. Yeah. Even Pharaoh had signs. You know, they come to him again. Mm-hmm. And he gets the same two signs. Yeah. You know, they throw the rod on the ground. Mm-hmm. It turns into a snake. Yeah. And he says, well, you know, that's nothing. My magicians can do that. And his magicians throw their rods yeah. down. And they turn into what looks like snakes. Mm-hmm. And then the snake of Aaron comes and eats yeah. both of those. Yeah. So it shows, one, that... It was not real, too, that God is more powerful, but that humanity always wants to ignore what God does for us. And you said that humanity always wants to ignore what, what God wants. Mm-hmm. And I think you said that you identified yourself as Pharaoh. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Pharaoh wants to believe what he wants to believe. Mm-hmm. And Satan says, all right, if that's what you want, here will, it is. I will give it to you. I give you a sign. Yeah. Look, so we're, we're seeing that it's a battle mm-hmm. for control. Oh, yeah. God provides a sign. Satan says, guess what? I have one more too. I can counterfeit that. He can counterfeit too. So So, then how do we decide? Because at this point, we see that Pharaoh is very decided. mm -hmm. The king, he's like, he's going with his magicians, obviously. He's humiliated because God brings a sign. Moses brings a sign to him. And now his magicians, will they provide something? And for sure, they do. They provide a sign. So we see that that is very significant. When we're in our Christian life, if we want to believe what Satan wants us to believe, God will say, go for it. Go for it, yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, in in my own life, I can say that Mm -hmm. too, that we always do that. Before, because what got brought me back to the Lord, and Mm -hmm. I've told this a few times on different episodes of different things and in person to some people, is that I I woke up in the hospital bed in D.C. Mm -hmm. after partying all night, and I had no idea how I got there. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't the first sign the Lord gave me. You know, that was... That was way down the line. How many signs? Oh, countless probably. <laughs> mm. But the thing is, I did what Pharaoh did with mm. the snakes. You know, Dismissed I said, it. I said, that's a coincidence. You know, I got in trouble with the law and I was looking at, you know, some serious consequences, but I got out of it. And I said, mm-hmm. oh, it's because I hired a good lawyer. It's because mm-hmm. I dressed well when I went to court. It's because this, this, and that. Never because the Lord was merciful to me, mm-hmm. a sinner, right. you know? And when we think about it that way, that the Lord is merciful to us mm-hmm. and we are sinners. And we're not deserving of this mercy. And we're mm. not deserving all these signs, you know. Yeah. A lot of people, when they look, especially at the Old Testament, they'll tell you, oh, the God of the Old Testament is cruel. He, he's unusually cruel. He's, he's unrationally mean, cruel. He, like, killed the firstborn of the Egyptians. He as killed well. the firstborn. But does he start with that? No. We see that God's people had been a light to them. They knew what was good. Yeah. They knew the true God. Now, the story continues. And we see that all of a sudden, again, God's people, are the, they're not having it. Like, mm-hmm. they don't want to go out because all of a sudden now they have double the work. Yeah. And they're saying, hey, you guys are trying to deliver us, and now we're even worse. Mm-hmm. Let us be. We're fine here. But, the, you know, there's, a, there's an interesting quote from, uh, his name is Greg Beck. And it says, without sacrifice, there is no freedom. Hmm. For us to come out from addiction, from any type of addiction, there has to be a sacrifice. There has to be a sacrifice. Yeah. And it's a sacrifice of yourself. It is. Of your will. Yeah. C- C.S. Lewis says that the cure is painful because we're surrendering our will, which we've usurped for so long. Yeah. You know, we take it and we, we feed it all this, like you could say junk food. We, we yeah. feed it all of this. And now we know what we want. We know what's yeah. good for us. But the Lord says, I have all of this planned for you. Yeah. Just, just, just come and take it. Yeah. But it's hard for us to do that because we think we know what we want. Absolutely. And it's the same thing with Israel. They say, 
you're making our lives more difficult. We don't want that. We want the, yes, we're in bondage. Yes, you know, they've done all these horrible things to us, but it's predictable, it's easy. Yeah, and I think everybody wants a routine. Same thing over and over again. And in, in a way, I think freedom is not for everybody. Hmm. Everybody can choose freedom, but not everybody's willing to pay the price. Yeah. Because God is willing to get you out from that addiction. There's no question. He has provided everything. He he's gave Moses. He's willing and he's able. He's willing he's able. He gave yeah. Moses all the authority as we look from the beginning. He gave them the authority over the originator of sin and the authority over the causes of sin. But it's, it's at a sacrifice. It's like, for example, when God calls you, come and follow me, the, pace is all, the, the price is already paid, but it comes to a price to us. You have to give it all. You know, in, in the Gospels, mm -hmm. he says, you know, to Peter, when many of the disciples leave, mm -hmm. he says, will you also go? And Peter says, mm -hmm. to where will we go? Mm -hmm. You have the words of eternal life. Yeah. So that's something that Peter understands. Like, yeah, this might not be easy. This might be something I'm not accustomed to. But where am I going to go? Where else can I go to find freedom? Yeah. But the Israelites don't understand that yet. Mm -hmm. They're still in this state of thinking that where they are is freedom. And we need to realize that we should not be too critical. Yeah. Because God is calling them out from their comfort zone mm -hmm. to a place that they don't where know. who's going to feed them? Exactly. Who's going to give them water in the middle of the desert? Exactly. And you, if we look at it, that's a pattern that God does. You know, mm -hmm. He calls Abraham. Yeah. Out of his father's home. He says, you know, go to a land. Abraham, in faith, went to a land that he did not know. That was not his father's land. He didn't have any connections to that land. Yeah. The Lord says, go, and I will provide for you. Mm -hmm. And he's telling Abraham's children the same thing. You need to get out of this land. You need to go back to the land that I gave Abraham. You need to trust that, like mm -hmm. I provided for Abraham, I will provide for you. But it's a hard pill for them to swallow. I mean, their generations removed from even Moses, let alone mm -hmm. Abraham. So I think that for us, when we look at it, we can see what God does in the lives of others, but yet we doubt that He can do the same thing in our life. We yeah. doubt that He can save us from our uh, addictions, from our servitude to sin. And then when, when we try and it gets rough, we say, well, I might not want that. I think we even blame God because at this point, Moses is being used as God's mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. To say, God, why are you doing this to me? Why? Yeah. Because I'm sure in the children of Israel, the Bible says that there were some who had not married other mm -hmm. the Egyptians. They had remained faithful. God always has a faithful few. But, but, but the principle that I see here is that many times those who suffer are not the ones that actually commit the sin. And I'm sure they're questioning themselves. Why is God being, uh, making us suffer this bad? And the thing is that this is the price that everybody has to pay because when somebody commits sin, it affects you. And it's just like leprosy. It is very, very, very contagious. And I think we can, again, that's a, almost a biblical principle that mm -hmm. sin doesn't only affect the sinner. And it's the same thing with addiction. Mm -hmm. But I want to give a biblical example first. You know, uh, we have Jacob. You know, he marries mm -hmm. two women. You know, yeah. he, he gets cheated out of the one he really wanted to marry. And then he, he ends up marrying her anyways. And the effects kind of just spill into the rest of his family. And then mm -hmm. when you're addicted to a substance, it puts a burden on your family. It can destroy families when someone's mm -hmm. addicted. There have been cases where a son is addicted to a substance and the mother or the father is trying to mm -hmm. help, but then they end up killing their mother or their father. Mm -hmm. Because sin doesn't just destroy you. It destroys the people who care about you mm -hmm. and the people who are closest to you. It's a powerful thing. So I think if we, if we could summarize uh, the lesson that we draw 
from the children of Israel in one word, it would be stubbornness. Stubbornness. They were comfortable. They wanted to be free, but they weren't willing to pay the price. And I think that that summarize is uh, our Christian life. Exactly. You have two types of people. You have those who are not completely in rebellion, but they're still, you know, worshiping God here. Yeah, and what does Christ say in Revelation? He says, you know, you're neither hot nor cold. nor cold. You make me want to throw up. He says, I want to spit you out of my mouth. So to get a little more graphic with that, you, you make me want to puke. I can't have anything to do with you. If you were hot, I would know what to do. If you were cold, I would know what to do. But in this state, you're not going to go either way. And you need to pick where you stand. And it says, again, a man cannot serve two masters. They were trying to serve the Lord, and, and they were literally serving. trying to serve Egypt. It doesn't work. So then God asks them, you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice, yeah. And we see that even Egyptians, later on, we'll see how they come off. But there are a lot of Hebrews that stayed there. They were not willing to go. So the call, the call is for all of us. We can either be like Pharaoh and see the signs that God has given us and choose to reject it and to see the signs of Satan. And we also have those who were, who were delivered and came out to see the sign of God and surrender completely to God, even though they didn't know what would be afterwards. Exactly. And here's the thing. God will keep calling mm-hmm. and His voice in a way will get louder and louder. Mm-hmm. It goes from, you know, you almost getting caught in a sin by one of your parents to, mm-hmm. in my case, waking up in a hospital bed in D.C. Mm-hmm. It will get louder and louder until He shakes you awake or you grieve the Holy Spirit. And no one wants to get there. We want to let go of this stubbornness. We want to be able to turn to God and say, Lord, help me because I can't be free without you. And whatever that means, and whatever I have to give up, help me give it up. I don't want to be tied to Egypt. I don't want to be tied to this world. I want to be free. And true freedom comes from you. If you like what you heard today and you enjoy listening to When the Bible Wasn't There, make sure to subscribe on all the platforms that's available, YouTube and Spotify and iTunes. We want people to share this podcast. We want people to engage with the Word of God and have a deeper understanding of it. Thank you and join us next time.